Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, ed tech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Educational Podcasting Today, the show that brings on an educational podcaster, and we go through, you know, all of that wonderful nerd stuff of how to make a show, how to edit a show, how to publish a show, all of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and we really dig and deep dive into what makes educational podcasters tick. If you're looking for more information, you can head on over to educationalpodcasting.com. We have over 60 episodes of this show coming out. And of course, we've got a lot of great things. If you're looking to learn how to use audio and video in your classroom, you can also head on over to podcastingwithstudents.com and check out all of the great stuff. But we also have something special to talk about today. Recently, we decided to revamp our educational podcasting database, the only database of educational podcasts created by educators for educators from educators i hope you guys head on over to educationalpodcastingtoday.com checking it out lots of great stuff over there if you haven't been over to TeacherCast recently we decided to revamp the entire thing over the last month and i'm so excited that you guys are here listening and i'm so excited about my guest today my guest today is an author, an educator, a technology coach, a podcaster, and I got to tell you, an all-around really awesome guy. I want to bring on today my good friend, Mr. Jake Miller. Jake, how are you today? Welcome to Educational Podcasting Today. Hey, Jeff. I'm doing great. It's good to be on. It's It's been a while. It, it's not too far down the catalog of Education Podcasting Today, but it's been years, right? It has been uh, many years. I know we got a chance to catch up at, at uh, ISTE. We'll talk a little bit about that. But yeah, we were looking at the catalog. Like You were one of the last people that I had on this show before we took a you know small three-year hiatus or something. Tell everybody how you're doing. And what are you doing these days? Yeah. Well, I'm first of all, I'm doing well. And life has changed a lot since my last time chatting with you here on this on this program, right? Not not only in the obvious ways that have changed over the last three years, but professionally I've gone through a lot of uh, changes too. At that time, I think when when I was on the show, I was pretty early on in educational duct tape. That podcast mm-hmm. had, had just started out. Um, maybe not just, but it was it was maybe in its first year. Uh, that podcast went for about three years. It's currently in a hiatus now. It, it helped me get to the point where I uh, wrote a book called Educational Duct Tape, kind of based off of the stuff that I did on the podcast. And then I said, you know what? I kind of want to try something new out. Actually, the first thing that happened was I went, man, I don't have time to do all this stuff anymore. I need to slow down and take a break. I'm going to put the Educational Duct Tape podcast on a hiatus. So I did it. And then like a week later, <laughs> Literally, it was like a week-long break. I'm like, I've got another idea. I want to try this. So then I launched the EdTech News Brief, and that's been keeping me busy lately a- a- alongside an awesome day job that I'm really excited about, too. I want to hit into all of those, but talk to us a little bit about where you left off with the podcast. How many episodes? And and really, what was the reasoning? Was it just you got bored? You said this number was a good number. Did you finish a season and then just say, let's move on? 
What was that like to say, I'm going to sunset this? Yeah. And I, I hope it comes back someday. Uh, so I don't know if it's fully sunset. Maybe it's, I, I guess the sunset, the sun rises the next day, right, Jeff? It does. I used to teach science. I know this stuff. <laughs> um, uh, so I did not get bored with it. Um, and I wanted to keep going, but it got to the point where I was finding that I had less and less and less time to do it. And it was becoming more and more of a chore to, to make it happen. And there were other things fighting for my time in the, the ed tech space that I mm -hmm. like to frequent. And I finally was like, why am I making myself do this? Like I had had multiple times where I'm like, I need to, I need to take a week off of this, or I need to like, this is just too much work. I'm spending so much time, you know, at, like interviewing and prepping for interviews and writing these soapbox moments that I do in the show and promoting it and getting it out there. It's if I could just save an hour, if I could save two hours. And I was kind of like, Jake, why are you doing this to yourself, man? It's, it's time, it's time for a break and to kind of reframe and see where you're at with it. But kind of the, the bigger part of that, that situation in there is I had gotten to a point with the show where listenership had plateaued at a level that I was really proud of. Like I'm really proud of the listenership the show had, but it wasn't growing. And I think that was podcast or I'm sorry, pandemic influenced mm -hmm. as well, but it, I mean, it was, it was the situation at the time. Um, the book had come out, you know, seven months prior or something. And it had helped me get to the point of getting that book out and promoting that when it came out. And it had, helped me get my ideas to the point where they were at. And the only other thing that I really wanted out of the podcast, aside from helping educators, I, I wanted to support my opportunities to go out and, and speak and, and consult and work with teachers and collaborate alongside teachers uh, in schools around the country. And that really wasn't happening that much. Now that's because it was, you know, 2021. Mm -hmm. Right. But I was like, well, if that's one of the goals of the podcast, and that's not happening right now. Uh, maybe I need to take a break from it. And it was hard to do because it was something I was so proud of and, and, and loved doing. But if it wasn't meeting any goals for me anymore at that point, I was like, why am I doing this? So hopefully it'll come back. Um, but right now I don't have the time for it. Was that something that you knew was coming? Did you record an episode and just go, that's it? Or did you like, hey, I, three more episodes and I'm done? No, it was not. It was not planned. Um, I think I had one episode where the interview got rescheduled multiple times and the person emailed and apologized. And I finally emailed them back and I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm putting the show on a hiatus. Uh, and then I recorded an episode about why and, and how, like what, what the plan was and where I was going moving forward. And, uh, um, it's not goodbye. See you. It's see you later kind of episode. But I mean, it was, it was definitely not planned. Definitely not. And I thought, I didn't even think it would end. So that was March. And normally I stopped in June and took a month or so, a month or two off. Um, and I thought I'd be back. I, I thought I'd go to June and then come back again in August. Like I didn't even think I was stopping that year, I, but I ended up stopping, we, you know, a week later and it was just the right decision at the time. So take us through the part where you told your family, cause right. Cause saying it to yourself is one thing, saying it to others is the next. And then you had mentioned like a couple of days later, you're onto something different. So was that the same conversation <laughs> or <laughs> my family? I think just thinks I'm crazy. You probably, you probably have the same kind of discussions at home. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> dad, what do you wait? What are you doing now? Oh, another podcast. Okay. All right. <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah, that wasn't. Uh, they were fine. They were like, whatever. My wife was glad because she knew I was stressed out and and spread too thin, and so she was happy for me when I made that decision to start it. And then she's been she's been a blessing for me because when I go like, honey, I have to try this out or I'm going to end up wandering forever if it would have worked. You know, I'm going to end up five years from now going like, why didn't I try that back then? You know, and so I've got to try it. And she's like, okay, do what you got to do. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about the EdTech News Brief. Yeah, so the EdTech News Brief, I'm, I'm a big fan of, not a big fan, I'm a big listener. I'll explain why I took out the word fan there in a second. I'm a big listener of short news podcasts um, because I feel like I have to, I, I'm an adult. I need to keep up with what's going on in our world, you know? So I, I, I want to listen to the news, but I don't, I'm not a big fan of the news. So I don't want to spend hours upon hours listening. I don't want to listen to long podcasts or lot, watch, watch long news programs in the evening. So I like the short ones. I'm not a big fan. I'm a big listener, right? So mm -hmm. every day I listen to my short news ones. And I was like, this is so nice that in 15 minutes, I know what's happening. I feel good enough to like carry on a conversation with somebody at work about it. Uh, my vote is informed. My everything I do is informed. Right. So now this helps me in, in a very short amount of time, get up to speed. And I said, I wish this was there for teachers with educational technology. Instead, they've got to spend all this time searching on the internet. They've got to be on Twitter. They've got to go to conferences. They've got to listen to all these podcasts and it takes them hours and hours to learn this stuff. And I said, I wish there was a way to do this with ed tech. And, that's when the light bulb went off. What if I had a show where in about 15 minutes, I told them about three or four updates to their ed tech tools that they use, or maybe what's new, um, covered it very much like a news kind of product and put it out there for them to learn about what's going on. And I said, I'm going to try it out. And you're doing that both now on audio and in video. Yeah. So early on, I actually, in support of the very, like starting with the very first episode, I had a survey uh, asking them, asking the listeners some questions and ran a contest with the survey and asked them a series of questions about, you know, do they like the show? Are they going to come back? Are they going to recommend it to other people? Ask them what ed tech tools did they use? So I knew best how to service them with what, what kind of news they wanted to hear. Um, and I also asked them if this was a video podcast, would you watch it? And overwhelmingly, the answer was yes. Not 100% yes, but a lot of yes on it. And so I was like, well, I guess I better try that too. And so I started doing it as a video as well. So take us through this process. A um, couple of questions come to mind. And, and by the way, all of the links to this are going to be over on our show notes. You can head on over to educationalpodcasting.com. We'll make sure that you have the link. This is here's episode, of course, number 57. All the stuff for Jake is going to be over there. You can also go over to jakemiller.net and check it out. Um, podcaster question first. Did you mm -hmm. use the same feed or did you start a completely separate iTunes uh, feed for this? I, I mean, can you now get both or is... This was a really tough decision. I figured that's really why I'm going to start decision. here. Yeah. Um, different feed. I didn't. I you started over. I started over. I did not want. I, I wanted to be able to come back to the other one. That's, okay. That was the problem is I, I didn't want to shut the door on the other one. Okay. And I, I was hoping that maybe I would someday do both and let them cross promote each other. Okay. And so I was like, I, I want to leave that feed as what it is. So I started a new feed. Um, which has been difficult because you know you've got to cobble back together a listenership. I was um, going to ask, did did you go back onto feed one and just make a video or an audio that yeah. says, "Oh, by the way, I'm over here now." Yeah, so I went to the first I, I, in the educational duct tape feed. I did one episode announcing the change, and then I did another episode where I 
it was the first episode of the EdTech News Brief airing in that feed with an intro from me. Hey, this is the first episode of my new podcast. I'm, this is the only one I'm going to air here on this feed. If you like it, jump over there and subscribe. Um, and then from there on out, I've just been in the other feed. Now, that did help me get like much more starting listeners than I had when I started the first one. That's for sure. But it's nowhere near where Educational Duct Tape was in listenership. So you're hosting on Lipson. You're also promoting it over on YouTube. Talk to us a little bit about the YouTube setup. Let's get nerdy on this. Uh, what are you using to record the video? Um, first of all, it is not the most efficient thing. <laughs> um, I, I am, I'm not an efficient guy. Like, but efficiency is not my middle name. So I script the podcast, first of all. Um, because I, I, and you know, this Jeff, as a, as a podcaster, as a speaker and as an author and as a blogger and as a newsletter guy and all that kind of stuff, if you want something to be short, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta be prepared, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to walk into something and wing it, you're going to overdo it and it's going to be long and you're going to ramble. So I want this to be a short news podcast. So I script it. So that's the first thing I do is script it. Uh, then now, because I'm doing the video, I record what I guess you'd call the B-roll for each of those pieces, which is silent, just screencast. So if I'm talking about, um, in the most recent one, I was talking about Canva, you can now remove the background in your videos when you're editing a video in Canva. Um, so if I'm talking about that, I'm going to go record without, without voice a really short screencast of me doing that. I do that before I record the other stuff because it tells me what to make sure I get into my script because I might want to say, oh, you know, don't forget, you have to click over here. I, I don't know, whatever. So it, it tells me what to say when I record. Then I've got all that B-roll video ready. And then I go to record the actual episode. So I record it um, in Camtasia. I'm a big Camtasia guy. So that's where I do um, vi anything video I do, I use Camtasia for. So I record just me on camera and me on mic. And I'm using my regular podcasting mic, which means that in the video, I have a mic in my face, which isn't normally what a YouTuber would do. Um, and I'm using a Logitech, like kind of the middle of the line one. I'm looking at it now and I can't tell what its name is. It's not the top of the line webcam from Logitech, but it's, it's a, I'm, I'm satisfied with it. Um, every now and then it blurs, but never in those videos. So anyhow, it's not the camera that a YouTuber, you know, might use. And then if I stick with this, I might switch to something else, but that's what I do. So Logitech camera, my regular audio, uh, audio technica mic record there in Camtasia. And then I do all of the editing in Camtasia as a video get the, and then I put in the B roll of the tools, you know, you know, the screencast at the same time, right over top of it. And then export as audio. There's a podcast export as video. There's the YouTube video. And then they pop up on both, both platforms the same day. So you, your, your video is as much best as you can a one shot deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's scripted and it is every okay. now and then I'll have to repeat a sentence or something like that, but otherwise it's a one, one take thing. Are, are you, literally scripting or are you making a really detailed outline now it is a it is a literal script i, I sometimes riff while i'm going through it but here's here's the re, the other reason i like that i script it i then made a decision that that script also becomes a series of blog posts hmm. and content for my newsletter so now when i record one of these episodes I script it. Let's say it has three news segments in it, you know, something in Canva, something in Google Docs and something in Adobe, let's say. So then I record it 
and it becomes the episode on the podcast and on YouTube. And then it becomes three blog posts. And it's essentially the script of the Canva part, the script of the Adobe part, the script of the Google Docs part with a little bit of changing to make it blog, you know, blog appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, and then those go out in my newsletter as text too. And then those pieces go out onto all the vertical video places, your YouTube shorts and TikTok and Instagram reels, um, those one minute chunks of that interview. Now, I don't do all that work myself, but mm -hmm. I do the scripting and the recording and the screencast. And so the product is me. And then people I have a person who's helping me package it because there's not enough hours in the day, Jeff, as you know. <laughs> I totally understand on that one. Your content you said that the show is basically all the updates. I'm sitting here with my, you know, my, my flip boards and all my, my RSS is just waiting for Microsoft and Google and all these people to put out updates. So that way I can go into action. What generates your content on your newsletter or on, on your shows and stuff? Yeah. Like that? So I, I can't keep up with all of the updates. I've got like, I could go and record, 25 episodes tomorrow if I had enough time because there's there's enough content and updates to do it. Um, but I get them mostly from two places. One is um, Twitter. I have a, a list in Twitter that's the accounts that are priorities to me to follow. And that makes sure that I, I don't miss out on any of the super important stuff. Uh, so I curate stuff from there. And the newsletters, a lot of the companies send out wonderful newsletters that tell you stuff other companies send out just garbage in their newsletter that's just trying to get me to sign up for their premium versions of their plan uh, but most of them send out their updates so i get it there uh, and then i curate it all currently i'm using a padlet to organize it all but i think i'm switching to a trello board and i think you would tell me to switch to a notion right you totally would um, you know, we're, we're going to be working on videos of how to do just that over the next couple of weeks here so. <laughs> right so as i'm like let's say that i'm just i get 10 minutes to check my email before i'm going to my son's soccer game and i come across an email from uh, I don't know, let's say flip with a new update to their tool i'm like ooh, i've got to cover that on the show i just copy that blog post or whatever it might be into that padlet which i don't think it'll be a padlet for much longer because the workflow is not working for me there um and then let's say later that day um i'm waiting at the pizza shop to pick up our pizza i got a five minute wait so i start flicking through twitter on my phone and i find an update from uh quizzes so i'll take that and i'll send it to the padlet there using the the iphone app and then once i'm ready to record I go to that Padlet and go like, okay, what are the big things I want to talk about today? And I grab those big ones. And that's where I use that survey that I did back at the beginning. Like I know from that survey that, for example, a lot of the listeners, at least those early listeners, use Canva. And I'm like, yeah. well, if there's an update to Canva, I got to tell them about it. And I know that there are other tools that a lot of them don't use. And so those are kind of a little bit lower on my hierarchy unless they come up with something really amazing. I, I think this is a good topic for a show within itself is how do you organize this? I mean, even as you're talking and sharing all this wonderful stuff, I'm looking at my Feedly account. I have a folder called EdTech, you know, Ed Influencers. I really hate that term, but that's what yeah. I call it. I got like 75 educators that are all putting out good content. And I, mm -hmm. all I want to do is figure out, okay, who this week should I spotlight? And in my newsletter, I always make sure there's a section where I find like seven or eight things and, you know, I spotlight you, I spotlight Eric Kurtz, I spotlight John Sowash. Like I'm right. always trying to show off and promote and stuff like that, but there's just a lot of stuff out there. Mm -hmm. If you're listening and have a great method for how to curate, find content, share content, 
please let us know. You can find me over on Twitter at TeacherCast. I would love to hear from you guys. And if you've got a great story, would love to have you on the show as well. Now, Jake, last time you were here, we were talking about edu gifts or mm-hmm. edu gifs or something like that. Is the, <laughs> is, is the edu gift still a thing in 2022, 23? You know what's funny? It's I don't I don't I haven't made one in probably a year because of time, um, which sounds strange for something that's thirty seconds, right? Right, exactly. But it's that same thing again that I mentioned earlier. Like if you want to make something short and clear and concise and brief, you need a lot of time because those gifts took me an hour to two hours to make because you had to like you had to be so pinpoint accurate to make it work in 30 seconds and i so i learned something today on on i learned a new strategy that i hadn't learned before for how to save images out of google slides i was trying to get images from the google slides into this other platform and i was like what's the easiest way to do this and i figured out a way and it was like this is genius everybody should know this and then i was like i should go make an edu gif of this and i was like or should i go make a tiktok video and so I don't know. I'm asking everybody out there: Should it be an edu gif or should it be a TikTok video? Isn't it now, the same thing? No, because in one of them I've got to like be on vertical video and I got to be talking and you got to see my fa- face. And I oh, I just figured that you would just put it on TikTok, <laughs> right? So now that's the other thing. Or do I make it an edu gif and then put it in all of the places? So all a right. lot of my edu gifs are now I, I put added music too, and I'm I'm slowly but surely getting them up there on those vertical video places. But they're not vertical, so it doesn't look quite right. So, so now you have me hooked because I know the answer for how I would grab an image off of a Google slide or Google doc. What's your solution? So this, this one that was working really well, right click on the image and then save to keep is yep. down there in the bottom. That's what you do. Yep. And then, then in that keep sidebar, if you have it open, you just go right over there, right click on it. It like pops up immediately, right yep. click it right there and save it or copy it because then you can copy it from there. Yep. And so that's what I was doing was copying it. That, that, that's one of those, not all platforms are made equally. You can go to Microsoft and just go save as and you're in. Right. Google. Wonderful yeah. until you need it to be. Anyway, so there's a lot of good things here. And, you know, since we have last talked, you came out with a book. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So uh, Educational Duct Tape and EdTech Integration Mindset. It's been out about 14 months now. Uh, it was a labor of love. Really proud to have it out there. Um, it took one of the things that I spent a lot of time on Educational Duct Tape, the podcast talking about, which is kind of the mindset that an educator can use when they want to pick an ed tech tool for their classroom. There are too many out there. It's overwhelming. They can't be like Jeff and have a Feedly of 75 people that they have to look through every night, right? They need a, a, a quicker way to decide, what am I going to use in class today, right? And so the main focus of the book was dedicated to doing that and doing that in a way that I, that I thought that they would enjoy reading. Uh, for my day job right now, uh, a little tangent here, uh, mm-hmm. we, do a, we read a book a month or so about I work in personalized learning is what my day job relates to. And so we're reading books about personalized learning, which is stuff that I'm passionate about. And sometimes I read these books and I'm like, oh goodness, if you cite another source in parentheses while I'm trying to read, like, it's just, I feel like I'm in a master's class the whole time I'm reading this stuff. And I'm like, this is not fun to read. It's good stuff, but not fun to read. And I was like, I want to write a book that's fun to read. So educational duct tape, I think is a book that's fun to read. That was my goal. I'd tell some stories, tell some jokes, and try to enhance their mindset to pick these tools. And then the other thing I do in the book is give them the tools that they might select. I don't want to be the guy that says, this is the tool you have to use, right? I want to be the guy that says, you could do this or this or this or this. And so I gave kind of 30-second 
you know, half, half page pitches for each tool they might use for certain problems. So if they're looking to do formative assessment in a quick way, that's this, some basic formative assessment data. Why might you choose Quizlet? Why might you choose Kahoot? Why might you choose Gimkit? Why might you choose Bluekit? And then they can run from there and pick it. So I try to do both of those things, give them the mindset for how to pick and then give them some of the options to pick from. I got to ask, does that mean your book is dated? Is there a way to keep that updated? How does, oh, okay. how, what, what's the future of all of that? Um, because if you say, hey, try goo.gl, <laughs> no longer around, right? Right. Um, so yeah, and that was one of the things that I wrestled with when I was doing that as I was like, well, this is going to be dated so fast. How am I, how's that going to work? Um, so first, yes, it is, but it's probably only about, five percent dated you know what i mean the rest of it is is fine you know like google google docs has not changed that much since then you know um scratch hasn't changed that much since then quizzes mm -hmm. you know they've added some things but they haven't changed that much since then so i i, I knew it wasn't that much of a risk because it's cool tools don't change as fast as we think they are you know like when you're in the moment you're like oh, it's changing so much but when you zoom out it's really not changing that much um but i knew it would change so what i did was uh each chapter has a website they're actually padlets that are um uh that i have a url uh, redirect for um so each one has a site that has tutorials for the tools and any updates to the tools. So let's say you're in the chapter where I share about screencasting tools and you're like, oh, maybe I'd like to learn how to use Camtasia or Screencastify or Screencast-O-Matic. So on this page, I have some tutorials that I've curated for them, sometimes from me, sometimes from people that I think do a really good job. And then I have, you know, in big bold letters with red sirens next to it, any updates to the tools they need to know about. That actually was part of the impetus to do the EdTech News Brief too, because I was like, if I'm going to manage this site, I have to stay super updated on what's going on with all the tools. I've got to know every time they add a feature or remove a feature or change their pricing plan so that I can keep the site up to date. So I was thinking, I'm already doing this work why don't I package this work in a different format? And that yeah. that's, that's a big part of what became the EdTech News Brief. That was where the idea first came from. Because I was thinking, if I'm going to do all, why am I doing all this work? And then all I'm doing is updating this resource. I need, I need to get something, some more bang for my buck out of this work. Podcast, news thing, book, <laughs> speaker. I got to follow up with this last topic here. How do you do the work life influencer like what is the balance how does how do you keep it all there i'll leave it at that how do you how do you manage everything i gave myself permission a long time ago to do what i could and not beat myself up for what i couldn't do right so if i don't put out an episode of the edtech news brief this week it, everything will be fine you know if i don't um get back to that email that somebody sent me this morning until tomorrow or saturday or sunday it's going to be okay, you know? And so I just do what I can, you know, and I always prioritize the family stuff. I don't miss the soccer games, the baseball games, the play performances or the orchestra. What do you call it? A concert? I guess you call it a concert. Mm -hmm. Is that really a concert? I mean, a concert is, has guitars and drums, right? And people throwing up the devil horns. I, it's an mm -hmm. orchestra concert. That's my daughter would say it's a concert. <laughs> what, 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 I, does she, what does she play? She plays violin. Good for her. <laughs> right. But anyhow, I don't miss those things. Those things take priority. And so I give myself permission. Um, I don't have like a master format of how I am efficient. I just, I just do what I can, you know, 
And it's not, it's not as much as I'd like it to be. And so I'm not achieving as much as I'd like to be achieving, but I'm also not running myself ragged, you know? What advice would you give to anybody who is looking to make videos on YouTube, looking to create a podcast, looking to or make a blog? Talk to us from the content creator side. Oh, uh, a couple things. So one, you, you've got to you've got to enjoy what you're talking about and what you're sharing about. You know, like you enjoy podcasting, and so you host a show about educational podcasting. You enjoy coaching teachers about technology, so you run a show about tech coaching. I enjoy uh, talking to educators about how to pick an ed tech tool for the classroom, so I did the educational duct tape podcast. I enjoy being up to date on what's changing about the ed tech tools. So I run that podcast so that it feels as little like work as possible when you're doing it. Like if it doesn't feel like a hobby, um, it's probably not a good idea because you're, you're not going to make money doing these things maybe ever. And, and if ever, not very quickly. So it's going to be a hobby for a while. So make sure it feels like one and make sure you enjoy it. Um, and I think the other part out there is, it kind of stems out of that. If you're doing stuff that you enjoy, you know that it might not be the most marketable thing out there, right? Because you're, it, it just appeals, it appeals to you, but it doesn't mean it appeals to everybody. And we can't, we can't all go out and do podcasts on, I don't even know what the most popular trend is right now on the Be Real app, right? Maybe it's the Be Real app. We can't all do it, run a Be Real podcast um, because then everybody would listen to it if it was the Be Real podcast or a Taylor Swift podcast. We do the thing where we like, but that's okay. You, you just need a, a sizable, like a big enough group of people to support you. And I, I've been fortunate with my projects that I've had a, a big enough. It's not, you know, I'm not Taylor Swift. That's for sure. Not even close. <laughs> not even a fraction of Taylor Swift. Um, but I've got enough people to keep, to keep pushing me forward on it. So you don't have to have a giant audience. You just have to have an audience and you have to enjoy what you're doing, you know, enough to keep doing it. I'm going to make this one even harder for you if that's possible. Mm. Same exact question. What advice would you give content creators? But I want you to speak as a dad. <laughs> Which of my kids am I talking to? Well, I, for instance, you and I are recording right now. It's almost 10 o'clock Eastern. We're yeah. doing that. And we had to push this a half an hour right. because the triplets weren't quite ready to do what they needed to be in bed. <laughs> so doing what we should have done, right. the kids came first. We took care of that. Now we turn the microphone on. Right. For sure. So my advice is your kids come first. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all of those things happen to have to come first and you have to give yourself permission to be flexible with that kind of stuff, you know, and I was glad, you know, you emailed me and said, Hey, you know, you know, can you do a little later tonight? And, and who knows when we recorded three years ago, I might've done that to you. You never know. Cause that's the way we both operate. Those things, those things come first. Um, and so I think that's the first part about it is you've got to, you got to live your life too. And the other thing is don't do something like this to get get famous or to make money because that, that just doesn't happen really. You know, like, like, like if my son says, dad, I want to start a YouTube channel. He, he watches a YouTube channel. My youngest to my three kids watches a YouTube channel with this guy. Actually, it's two guys who play Minecraft and talk while they're playing. And it's called EY stream. Somebody out there is going to be listening. Go like my kid watches EY stream too. Um, the host of this channel annoys the heck out of me. His voice is it just great. Like I have nightmares about it, but this kid on YouTube has, six million followers six million 
And I, I said, son, do you know what his job is? And he's like, no, what do you think his job is? I'm like, YouTuber. He's like, he is making a lot of money doing this. But when that kid started doing it, he didn't think he was going to be rich doing it. He was like, I like playing Minecraft. I like talking about Minecraft. I want to have, I want to make videos. I'm going to start making videos of it. And he poured his passion into it. And it just, it just worked. So you, you do what you're excited about. You do what's fun. You do what's, what's a passion for you. Don't use some, don't have some extrinsic motivation for while you're doing it. Talking to Jake Miller today, all about speaking, all about websites, podcasting, edu news, edu gifts, you name it. Jake, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I, I think you're my first two time uh, yes. guest here on the Edu Podcast uh, show here. Uh, where can somebody get a hold of you and, and uh, check out your stuff? So, website is jakemiller.net, and all social medias, all of them, is at jakemillertech. And go to either of those places and you'll be able to find about all the stuff that's going on. Thanks so much, my friend, for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. Glad to be back. Let's, let's not wait three more years, okay? No, 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 no. We no more pandemics in the middle of all of this right. stuff. That's for sure. So I want to say thank you guys out there for uh, checking out this episode. Hope you have a chance to also go back and check out the first Jake Miller episode. We'll make sure that that's going to be also linked in our show notes here. Um, that's something I'm going to do now that this is recorded. I didn't want to do that before, Jake, because huh. wanted to kind of do this one as a fresh. Yeah. Go but it'd be interesting now. to go back and yeah, go back into the prequels, <laughs> right? We'll we'll see what Qui Gon Jinn is doing a couple years ago. But I hope you guys had a chance to check this out, and of course, make sure that you're subscribing to all of those things. If you are an educational podcaster, I would love to have you come on this show. Head on over to teachercast.net forward slash contact and fill out my form. Would love to get you on the show to talk about your podcast, your websites, and your passions for educational media. So, on behalf of Jake and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions on your podcasts. You've been listening to the TeacherCast Educational Network, hosted by Jeff Bradbury. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teachercast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the app.